0: If you enjoy this show, you will enjoy the new novel Alice Isn't Dead, a standalone, complete reimagining of this story. It's out now. Find it wherever you encounter books or at aliceisn'tdead.com.
1: We encountered the ineffable at a midnight Denny's. It was accidental, or at least accidental on our part. I suspect that while we weren't seeking, we were being sought. That night we were hungry. That's all. And as the official slogan of Denny should say, "It's not good, but it's there." Nothing is more welcoming than fluorescent light and fryer fat when coming in out of highway darkness.
2: We entered to that smell, the Denny's smell like food, but less so. There was no one waiting to seat us. We didn't see any waiters at all, but there were a few customers at tables, so it seemed they were open. We grabbed a couple of menus from the stand and headed toward the back. The back was a lot farther away than it should have been. We kept walking and walking past tables and booths with the occasional customer sitting there, all of the customers staring straight ahead Looking seasick, not talking, like they knew something had gone wrong and were sitting tight until it fixed itself. And then, a couple hundred impossible feet of Denny's later,
1: an oracle sitting in the big clamshell booth in the back corner. It was like a gravity well. The metaphysical weight of the oracle had stretched the Denny's, and we had rolled our way to the bottom. The Oracle waved us over. Come, have a seat, they said. Their voice was friendly but distant, like a casual greeting screamed across the Grand Canyon. I ordered some seasoned fries, but it might take a while for the guy to find his way here. What could we do? We sat. I love seasoned fries.
0: Dead by Joseph Fink Performed by Jessica Nicole and Erica Livingston Produced by Disparition Part 3, Chapter 5 What Happened to Hank Thompson
1: The seasoned fries didn't come. We had been tricked. But still, at least we were sitting there, talking with an oracle. So that's something. Not fries, but something. ''This conversation was nice,'' said the Oracle. ''I talk to people so rarely.'' ''We just started,'' I said. ''Let's see how nice it gets.'' ''Right,'' they said. ''We just started.'' ''There are a lot of questions we would love to get answered,'' Alice said. ''For instance, what is Thistle?'' Hmm? Where did those monsters come from? All of your questions will be answered, said the Oracle. Or already have been. Or won't be. Those are the three possibilities. You can see the future, I said, ignoring their joke. If it was a joke. interact with time differently than you, they said. For me, everything is always happening, all at once. I do not see the future. I am currently experiencing the future, as strongly as I am experiencing this moment, and as strongly as I am currently experiencing the past. At all times, I have to maintain what I have already done, so it will continue to have happened. It is exhausting. You weren't going to ask me how I feel, but there's an answer for you. What about thistle? prompted Alice. Ah, thistle. The Oracle side.
2: Hank Thompson wasn't taught to hate. He came to it naturally. As a teenager, most of his classmates looked like him, and this seemed right to him. At the time, he wouldn't have been able to explain why it felt right, although later in life he would develop his own logic to explain it, one based on a patchwork of bad science and bad theology. He only knew that the few classmates that weren't like him made him furious. He did everything he could to make their lives miserable. Others in his class weren't as directly cruel, although they tolerated what Hank did, and this was its own cruelty. After school, Hank would sometimes follow classmates who weren't like him home, shouting insults and tossing rocks. He wanted them afraid. Not only in the school or the streets, but to generally feel that there was nowhere safe. He wanted them to live with a tremble, because he hated them. Once he connected with a thrown rock, aimed at a child two grades below him named Theodore. Theodore crumbled instantly, and an accusatory finger of blood spread toward Hank. Hank walked away, leaving Theodore in the street. Hank never heard what happened, never cared to ask, but he never saw Theodore in school again. This made him proud. When Hank was 16 years old, he was shaving in an old mirror out in the yard, and he noticed something on his cheek. A flap of skin. He poked at it, but there was no pain. Just some extra skin. He ignored it and hoped it would go away on its own. Once, a few years into our relationship,
1: Alice and I went to a wedding in upstate New York. Lake Placid. We flew through Chicago and then into Albany and drove the few hours north from there. In certain parts of the country, it's always snowing a little bit. For instance, I have never crossed the Michigan border without finding myself driving through a light dusting of snow. Even in a late spring visit once, there was an unseasonable blizzard. Upstate New York isn't quite that. But there is a noticeable slip in temperature the closer you get to Canada. The north of the United States is such a frozen place in my imagination that I am sometimes startled by the recognition that every city in Canada is even farther north. Their south is our north. I couldn't do it, man. I'm more of a mild-weather person. There is something simultaneously exotic and bleak about the salt on the roads, the rumbling scrape of the municipal plows. As we drove up through the mountains into Lake Placid, we passed frozen waterfalls dotted with ice climbers dressed head to toe in pastel snow like inexplicable flowers growing from the walls of ice. "'It would certainly be easier to think of Thistle as monsters,' said the oracle. "'If the Thistlemen aren't monsters, then what would you call them?' I said. The oracle nodded, as if I had made a statement they agreed with, rather than ask them a question. "'A feeling made manifest,' they said. "'Why can't you ever speak plainly?' I said." The oracle hunched over their hands upon the table. I am speaking as plainly as I can, they said. Human language is designed for those who experience time in a linear way. One second, and then another, and never repeating a second once it's gone. It is difficult for me to adapt such language to the way I exist. I can't remember what I've already told you, or what you will be told, but not yet. From my point of view, you've already learned everything you're ever going to learn. I just am not sure what parts are now, and what parts are later. What are you? said Alice. What are the oracles? The oracle looked at her from within the shadows of their hoodie. They seemed to be weighing an answer. Order of fries here? A man standing over our table with a basket of seasoned fries. Sorry it took so long. I I didn't even know this part of the restaurant existed. Does that make sense? Not really, I said, taking the fries from him. But I wouldn't worry about it. I think the problem will solve itself." He nodded absently and wandered away through the nauseatingly stretched Denny's. I tried a fry. They had gone cold during his search for us.
2: As the years went on, other pockets of skin joined the one on Hank's cheek. The area around his eyes grew dark and baggy and then started to droop, exposing the pink around the bottom. The whites of his eyes were slowly tinging yellow. He didn't go to a doctor about this. He didn't trust doctors because he thought that most of them were secretly Jews. He thought a lot of people must secretly be Jewish and it made him boil. One side of his face started to travel towards the ground and the other drifted upwards. Looking in the mirror, he didn't recognize the creature looking back. He tried to say his name at this strange reflection. Snarf, he said. Flavvmum. He carefully set his tongue and his teeth and enunciated his own name. Marm, he said. He didn't look in a mirror again for a long time. Decades arrived and went. Hank did not age, although his face and his body became stranger and stranger to him. He devoted himself to the feeling of hatred and to the power of being feared. One night, he went one step farther and murdered a man out back of a supermarket. The killing felt natural and it made him hungry. He started tearing into the man with his teeth and, surprised and horrified at this, He fled home. The hotel on our vacation years ago overlooked Lake Placid, which freezes over entirely in the winter. This fascinated Keisha. She insisted on going for a walk on the ice just because she could. She had never seen a lake freeze so solid that it could be driven on. But despite the knowledge of its stability, there is a small element of terror to walking on ice. No matter how solid it is, there is always the possibility that it isn't. We went dog sledding around the lake. Keisha didn't like any of the other winter sports, but she did like sitting in a sled and looking at dogs. <laughs> I don't blame her. Looking at dogs is one of the better sports. She sat behind me, wrapped her hands around me. I hold on to that memory. The way it felt,
1: the way I felt. Alice wanted to go skiing, and I wanted to try skiing. I thought there was a chance I'd like it. Who knows? Miracles happen. So I booked a lesson, gamely rented my equipment. But as soon as we got into that rental process, before I had even touched a ski, I knew I would hate it. All this equipment people barking questions at me about size and style and wincing and irritation when I indicated with my hands that I-, I didn't know. I'm sorry, I didn't know. Then I put on the boots and discovered that skiing involves wearing punishment shoes that make walking difficult and the basic fact of having feet painful. But still, I tried. I did what the instructor said. Later, after the lesson, Alice went up on some of the slopes on her own, and I stayed by the lodge, trudging my way up a small rise and gamely attempting to ski down it, over and over, sweat pouring down beneath my snowsuit. Because once I decide to do something, I do it. The Thistlemen are a feeling made manifest, I said, bringing the Oracle back to their earlier point. It is easy to think of bad men as not human. They are animals, we say. They are monsters, we say. The oracle shrugged. Comforting lies. If those who commit atrocities are an entirely different species than humans, then you could never be complicit. These impulses would not exist within you, but they do. The bad is as human as the good. What are you telling us? said Alice. What is deeply felt on the inside can make itself known on the outside. We can believe so deeply in an ideal that we are changed. The Thistlemen. The Oracle laughed, a discomfiting jangle. <laughs> Mere men, after all.
2: Hank looked again in the mirror, a different mirror from the last time he had looked, in a different home. It was many years later. He wasn't even sure he was human anymore. He looked so unlike himself. Blood stained his teeth, but under the scarlet the enamel was a dull, sickly yellow. He howled at his reflection and his voice didn't sound like the voice he had once had. It sounded powerful and big. He felt feared. Pah. He said, POP. He no longer tried to turn these sounds into words. They meant what they said. Hank walked out of his house, leaving the front door open. He never returned. It took weeks for his disappearance to be noticed. The creature he had become walked with his now boneless legs along the highways. When he felt his energy fade, he would murder someone, anyone, it didn't matter who and this would give him the energy for another week or two's walk. He did not question for a moment what he was doing or what he had become. The Thistleman. Vector H. But also, still, Hank Thompson. Finally, months into his journey, he was drawn by an unrefusable instinct to an Air Force base in Southern California and a walled compound within it. A gate opened up in those walls, opened by other creatures like him. And unknown decades after his birth, Hank, who no longer could remember his name enough to try to say it, stumbled cackling into the home that had been waiting for him all along.
1: We made our way out of that Denny's, and two hours of late night highway later I get an email from Tamra Levitz at the LA Times. Her story is going up in a few hours. It's over. It's all going to be out there. Oh, Oh, my God. It's over.
0: Check out aliceisntdead.com for more information on this show and our merch, like the brand new Alice Isn't Dead map of America, tracing Keisha's three-season journey around the country with beautiful and creepy art reminding you of the stories she went through. Even if you don't buy it, just do yourself a favor and go to the store and look at it. Or get the stunning Alice Isn't Dead logo as a shirt or an enamel pin. All of that at Alice. Isn't this show would not be possible without our Patreon supporters, such as the monumental Chris Casangino, the merry Rebecca Allred, the thoughtful Thomas Reiske, the incomparable Tyler Young, the idealistic Valerie Lancy, and the creative Fabri Perez. If you would like to join these folks in helping us make this show, please check out patreon.com slash Isn't Dead, where you can get rewards like director's commentary on every episode, behind-the-scenes updates, bonus episodes, and a chance to read the Alice novel before anyone else. That's patreon.com slash Alice Isn't Dead. So there is a love story that happened behind the scenes of Welcome to Night vale, between me, Joseph Fink, and Meg Bashmaner, voice of the Night vale credits and MC and tour manager for the live Night vale show. In this memoir, we recount the first 10 years of our relationship, year by year, without consulting each other beforehand. It's a funny and romantic story about how differently we experience and remember our lives. Then, on July 20th, the Halloween moon my first-ever novel for ages 10 and up. Esther Gold loves Halloween, until the year that Halloween night just won't end. Even she doesn't want Halloween to last forever. No matter your age, if you're a fan of Alice Isn't Dead, I think you're going to love this book. Get these books wherever you get your books. Today's quote we mortals, men and women, devour many a disappointment between breakfast and dinner time, keep back the tears, and look a little pale about the lips, and in answer to inquiries say, oh, nothing. From Middlemarch by George Eliot.
2: This has been a production of Night Vale Presents. Find out more about us and our shows at nightvalepresents.com.
0: Creators of Welcome to Night Vale, Alice Isn't Dead, and within the wires comes a new Audible original. Unlicensed. In the outskirts of Los Angeles, where the cul-de-sacs and strip malls sprawl into the desert, two unlicensed private investigators scrape by on whatever small cases come their way. But when a teenage girl pleads for them to take the strangest case of their career, this unlikely pair, with no resources and no backup, will follow a trail of seemingly unconnected cases, which will lead them to a ransom a murder, a mysterious wellness center, and a conspiracy that might go all the way to the governor. It's important to catch small fires early. They don't
1: stay small for long.
0: Unlicensed. Available now at audible.com slash unlicensed.